Should we get on with some content? Fine. Um, but you do, but if I'm going to talk to you, you have to go like this with your nose. Oh, God, why do you side. always pretend I've got a... I don't, I'm not pretending. Go and look in the mirror. Okay. Put the bat in the cage. What you said? You did it last week. You do it every fucking always podcast. Got I hate to have a bat in my throat. <laughs> you've got a bogey in your nose. I haven't. You do. Oh, fuck. I don't necessarily believe you. Other side. Oh, it's not a bat. No, what don't. Do leave Neil alone. No, what do you, no, no Neil's, uh, Neil has clearly got all sorts of like... It's something a bat might swoop on for its lunch. It's <laughs> like a, it's like a, there it is, it's gone. It's a bumblebee in the cave. Yes. Is it but gone? still there, yes. Let me see your nose. <laughs> it's not a fucking TV. Let me see your nose. Oh, you've got something between your teeth. Oh, you've got something on your arse. It must be more arse. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, oh, well now we're laughing, so we can't do the serious subject. Yes, we can. Do you want to go straight to the serious subject? Yeah, let's do we it. talk about Martin Rosen's cartoon. Let's do it. In The Guardian... Um, A while uh, ago now, but... Well, no, it was... No, 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 don't make our story sound old. Um, it's uh, the Guardian cartoon um, of um, Boris Johnson and uh, the Richard out, Sharp. outgoing um, chairman of the BBC, uh, which was he was hauled up for being anti-Semitic. And we just, you know, and the Guardian, well, he's apologised. The Guardian took it down. This is the Guardian Observer's second big anti-Semitism scandal in a week. The, the reason we want to talk about it, don't we, darling, is that Martin Rosen is my mate. He certainly, he used to draw a cartoon for a long time on a, on a column of mine. Um, he, he... He didn't draw the, he didn't draw the cartoon that went with your column. He, he did. Did he? He drew the, when, Sorry, when, 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 he, the column that I used to write on the old broadsheet times. Uh, we used to have, it was called My Week, and I used to bibbly, bibbly, bobbly, about 1,500 words spread across a whole portrait with a great big cartoon by Martin, okay. who is a brilliant... A sort of scatological, verbose, um, Armageddonish cartoonist of the Hogarthian 18th century. Yeah. He fills his pictures with it. And his defence was, I fill my cartoons mm. with pictures. They can be misread. I've thrown everything at the book. So the vampire squid, it's, just, there's a lot, it's all been talked about. Yeah. But the fact that Sharp is carrying this box and it contains a vampire squid. Yes, vampire squid. Was used described was used to describe Goldman um, Sachs by an article in Rolling Stone, but that was because Goldman Sachs is a Jewish company. Yeah. Uh, it looks like there are gold coins. Martin says no; those are the suckers on the squid, which is about Goldman Sachs, not about the Jews. Despite the fact the Jews own Goldman Sachs, his hand was over the box, so it said Gold Sack, mm-hmm. not Goldman Sachs. There was a there was a pig nearby. I mean, you know, Martin likes to draw pigs. There was a pig quite close to the Jew. That's 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 quite tricky. Uh, Martin's attitude is I use the standard cartoonist playbook, which I think is Martin being strangely modest because he would consider himself to be yeah. endlessly inventive and original and not just using the cartoonist playbook. Martin does dabble with the darker elements of people's faces and people's gestures. We receive and... a Christmas card from him every year, which you find problematic. I find it very unchristmassy. <laughs> but that's the point of it, of course. It is. Because Martin thinks that Christmas is horseshit. Mm-hmm. He thinks... 
England is horseshit. The, the royal family's horseshit. Parliament mm. is horseshit. Everything. I think he would probably describe himself as a misanthrope. He's he sees cant and hypocrisy everywhere. Yeah. Life would be hard as a cartoonist if you didn't. Mm-hmm. I think Matt in the Telegraph does. He just draws it more like peanuts. Oh, I love Matt. I do. I also love Martin. When you exaggerate the characteristics of someone, you go ears, you go nose. Jews end up looking more Jewish. Well, so I think I know that while Martin is a huge misanthrope and hates everybody, hates capitalism and all that, it's not that the point that I what I think the failure is of the Guardian. Yeah, definitely. Um, because Martin needed to be saved from himself. Martin didn't really need to apologise. He's his drawing of Richard Sharp is um, is not really. He's just he's made him look a bit ugly. When Richard Sharp is not a bad-looking bloke, but he he actually hasn't gone massive. I don't think on the nose and the lips and all that. I think the pig in the background is a coincidence. I mean, I don't I don't think it, he he it's not an anti-Semitic cartoon. But they just looked at him and went, yeah, fine, we'll whack it in, even though Martin hadn't meant to. That that's the thing that needs to take a look at itself. Catherine Viner needs to resign, and I don't know how people like Jonathan Friedland can continue to work for it. Yes. And whether or not I write that in the Times is tricky because yeah. what I'm saying is kill off our, you know, and then next week I'll tell you why not to buy the Telegraph. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's a bit tricky. Um, and I wouldn't want to attack Martin because apart from anything else, you know, that he was piled onto mm-hmm. and I've been there and I've been accused of racism for restaurant reviews, of racism against the Chinese. Uh, oh, you've had everything. Sexism, ab- racism, the whole lot. Absolutely yeah. the whole lot. You've had, you've, had, you've had bingo, you've had Twitter cancel bingo. This is this is all to say. I don't think he's an anti-Semite. He just draws things horrid. So Jew, <laughs> Jews come out horrid like everything else. Jews come out horrider than than exactly like everything. But he else. should have had his hand held a bit by the Guardian, like I should, like like I have had mine held by yes, the Times occasionally, yes. when they phone me up and say, Giles, you are you absolutely yeah. sure you mean this? And I go, well, oh, fuck yes, no. no, yes, and I think that newspapers are t- are c- currently far too quick to hang their writers out to dry. So, moving on to Elgar. Moving on to... Um, oh, no, you don't want to move on to Elgar. Elgar, why? Land of Hope and Glory. National Anthem thing. That's not the National Anthem. The National Anthem no, is God Save the Queen. I know the it's king. not the National Anthem, you fucking idiot. I, I, I mean that oh, yes. people want to replace the National Anthem with Land of Hope and Glory, which is by Elgar. They also want to replace it with I Vow to Leave My Country to Rule Britannia. It comes and around... And Wonderwall. Yes, no, and Wonderwall, Billy Connolly famously said it should be the, they should replace it with the theme to the Archers. The um, no, so the, it always comes around that we've got the shit national anthem when national anthems are talked about. They probably do it. They do it ahead of the uh, the various jubilees, the royal weddings. This one, the coronation is uh, coming up on Saturday. We're going to be singing it, and and they've they've obviously done a survey. They've done this one, and they've come up with these. They want to get rid of it, and on the basis that it's sort of boring, and other people have better mm. and more rousing ones. Why would you want it to be rousing? That's the thing. It is rousing. I cannot sing God Save the King Without Crying. Really? Or, or Jerusalem. No way. The Jerusalem I, different. I can't even listen to it without crying. The, 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 the National Anthem. Yeah, love Do you it. stand up though? Of course. And I would have taken the bullet for the Queen. Not for the King. Yeah, you're a bit of a crazy monarchist. Though, I am. No, not just the, just the Queen. The King, no. No, that's a boring opinion. I no, that's take, a boring opinion. I'd take a no, the bit for, where you like the Queen. I would take a bullet for... The bit where I like the Queen, but I'm not so crazy about the King. Yeah, I would I take. A a, do you know what I would take a bullet for? Who? Queen Anne. Uh, sorry, oh, yes. Princess Anne. Princess sorry. Anne. I would take a bullet for Princess Anne 50 years ago. Eight. My God. 20. My, where's the, I'm looking for a picture of her, but I'll, I'll probably she mess at an inappropriate moment. Her skin is. Oh, really she was wonderful. so hot with that big hair that big and hair. that big schnoz. Martin would have yeah. probably drawn her as a Jewish girl. And <laughs> yes, maybe he that's would have done. maybe that's why I fancy her. Yeah, great big teeth and a big, low, low, big, big old hair. Oh, I could have married Princess Anne. 
Yeah. So they, they, so they want to change it. And they talk about these other national anthems. Do you know, the two most rousing national anthems, the Russian and the German, are still the ones they had in the war. Oh. The, the Russians... That, that was the communist national anthem. Under Yeltsin, they got rid of it. Putin's brought it back so they could sing this thing. And the German one is, is they're just not allowed to say, so it goes, Deutschland, Deutschland, über alles, über alles in der Welt. Yeah. Judenraus. Um, <laughs> what does Judenraus mean? Something Jews, bad. Jews get out. Oh. <laughs> you, in, in order to make your... Oh, raus means Juden, out. Judenraus. In raus. order to make your country judenfrei, you have to, have the, you have to get the Judenraus. Got it. Um, so anyway, uh, and the Germans have that tune, okay, but they, they it no longer goes Deutschland, Deutschland, über alles. It's something else, sort of wussy and green. Deutschland, Deutschland, grows flowers. Do you think the Germans... Don't sing. If you look at the footballers' mouths, oh, right. they all sing Deutschland, Deutschland, Uber Alice. Yeah. Th those are two national anthems held up by people as more interesting with the blood of 50 million people on their hands. Uh -huh. Those were sung as they dug their own graves. And in the Russian case, it was the, the, the Kulaks and the mm -hmm. Ukrainians. They, they all, mm -hmm. So that's what a national anthem is designed at its core to, ra to rouse nationalistic fervour, mm -hmm. which we don't want to do anymore. No. Because that's a bit like racism. Mm -hmm. If you have a thing which goes, you know, oh, Britain's so great, fucking let's go and colonise people and enslave people and gas people, that's, you don't want a song that does that. You want a song that puts you to sleep, like the national anthem. And there was a guy called into Times Radio to talk about this. One of the commenters or texted Times Radio when they were talking about it and said, uh, it's a really middling anthem and we're a really middling country. It's, it's exactly right and it's just, it's never that sunny and it's never that wet and it's that, yeah. we should just have, we, we, food's okay but not that great. The royal family, yeah, you might as well have a, a national anthem which is just a bit middling. Uh, to, to add, to, to just, uh, just toss in my very, very boring opinion, you have got to be so careful when you change old stuff. You really do because you just cause a civil war. So that's why it shouldn't be changed, because it will just be used as a proxy war between left and right, as usual. And there's just no point. It's not a boring opinion, darling. If anybody needed, like, a definition of a small-c conservative, yeah. it's my wife saying, you just have to be very careful about changing old stuff. I'm a small-p Protestant. There's a difference. Are you? Yes. But that's not anything. Oh, that's someone who sake. protests against that's things. because you think that anybody who isn't Jewish is totally irrelevant. I'm a lot. Hmm? <laughs> I'm not a small anything. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. That's what I, I just love that. I love that about you. You've got to be very careful when changing anything old. That is, that is the most conservative thing you can possibly say. You can, you can change things that are old, but you've got to do them very quietly without telling anyone. So do you agree with, do you do agree or disagree with the super hot? Princess Anne, Princess Royal, that, because she, 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 the reason she was in the paper, the reason they had that gorgeous yeah. porno picture of her yeah. is because she doesn't approve of the monarchy being slimmed down. Which well, is I bit... do think she's got a very good point in that he's doing his best to get rid of us. And they are also sort of eating themselves quite quite yes. uh, diligently. Harry and Andrew have self-cancelled. They have self-cancelled. And and the king has made it really, really clear that Eugenie and Beatrice aren't, aren't going to have a job. I think the monarchy should be slimmed down to just Princess Anne naked in a foam bath in a tiara with a glass of champagne and one leg poking out of the foam a bit like Joan Collins in those publicity pictures for Dynasty. Good old Princess Anne. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Moving on. Yes. Um, Quickie or... Do you want to... Should we carry on recording the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. It's like being married to James Bond. Um... Uh, 75-year-old Do you want to talk about a Zempic or is that boring? A Zempic face? A weight loss? You're feeling a bit fast at the moment. Fuck off. No, I didn't say you're looking a bit fat. I said you're feeling a bit fat. Well, also fuck off. Okay, all right. You're feeling thin, aren't you? No, I'm not feeling thin. You were feeling thin like uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, and then I went on holiday to Tenerife on an all-you-can-eat breakfast buffet and unlimited rosé, and now I'm not feeling thin. Okay, fine. So a Zempic, a Zempic face. Look, a Zempic, I think we briefly talked about it. I've written about it a little bit in passing. It first crossed my mind when a friend of mine, my friend Max, and I've written about him, was, was doing a Zempic. And then Jeremy Clarkson wrote about doing a Zempic. And they're both examples of men who have vast appetites and no idea of when to stop. Yeah. Uh, and they just eat and eat and eat. They drink, you know, Jeremy drinks rosé like people drink beer. In pints, romp down, yeah. fag. And no, he doesn't smoke anymore. He'll get cross if he Sorry. doesn't. He, he, he doesn't. He chews Nicorette. Okay. It's a much um, nicer habit. <laughs> Uh, and there's a drink and drink and drink and can't and then so there's miracle injection and reduces your appetite by 15% and and there's also there was a story about the NHS was going to prescribe it uh, so NICE has cleared it for prescription but you it, the threshold you have to meet to take it is genuinely literally enormous you have to have a BMI of 35 which is well, very high. That's morbidly obese. So the yes. overweight is is 25 like me. 30 is obese. Like you, 35. <laughs> <laughs> 35 is morbidly obese, morbidly obese like Neil. How he managed yeah, yeah. to cycle here, I don't I know. know. Neil yes. arrives after I've had nine cups of coffee yeah. and says, I'll only have a coffee if, yeah. if you're having one anyway. Do you want milk? Only if you're going to the fridge for these boxes to move on. So to, to, be, to be morbidly obese at Neil's weight, you'd have to be three inches tall. <laughs> Um, right, it's anyway, just a, it's a, we see so, Neil and think we've got to lose weight. So, the, so it's in the news for two reasons. One is a Zempic face, which, which is particularly weight loss associated with a Zempic. Really? Rather we, than just generalised weight loss. Because right? we, used, we used to talk about gym face. We used to watch that show where the actor came back one season. He'd and been really good looking. Fit, yeah. And he realised he was on the telly. He'd yeah. lost it, and he'd got gym face. And, yeah. got, and just sucked So gym in. face and a Zempic face are different. Oh, right. So a Zempic particularly makes sort of the bottom half of your face and your neck sag kind quite dramatically. So there's a right, yeah. So there's a rise in the number of people seeking surgery for their... How long have they been taking a Zempig? It's only been around for six months. They've already got... Uh, You can lose a lot of weight in six months on a Zempig, definitely. Or on semaglutide. Is this like the super fat people who get sort of massive angel wings and they have to have major surgery to... Well, no, I don't think it's them. I think this is people... Because you can't... If you are in the UK and you are taking semaglutide, which is the active ingredient of Ozempic and Wigovi, which are the two different weight loss drugs that it's in, you are you're not getting you're, it's not prescribed by the NHS. You ha, you are buying it privately. Right. You're doing it privately. You're doing it off label, as it's 
termed, and you are doing it because you just want to lose some weight. And so this is, and then the kind and you of you haven't got the gumption to change your diet. Well, yeah, I mean that. But the thing, so the thing about the use of semaglutide, right, is it has revealed you put on weight because you are eating too much. I've been looking into this for a different piece, and every but every single person I spoke to, and I've spoken to about ten people who are taking semaglutide for for uh, for weight loss, and they all have slightly disordered relationships with food due to their childhood or their parents or something like that. It is they they just and they they're talking to me anonymously, and they just say I just eat too much and I can't stop. So, and I read a Harvard paper about weight gain. And yes, there is a genetic marker for obesity or weight gain, but even if you have it, it doesn't therefore figure that you're going to be overweight. It's not a sure thing. It strikes me that it is a, it is, yes, it's food deserts and UPF and food production. It is also psychological. So the Ozempic face means that you... If you lose weight, particularly on Ozempic, rather than just just eating very differently and losing a lot of weight because you've changed your lifestyle, it particularly affects your neck and the lower part of your face. So you get this kind of particular sag. Uh, Anyway, so... Should I write about that? Do you want to write about Ozempic face? Is it worth it? Every single person I spoke to about semaglutide said it was worth it. I said, have you experienced Ozempic face? And they all said yes. I said, was it worth it? And they all said yes. Have you got any pictures of Ozempic face? No... I didn't ask them to send me pictures because they're all anonymous. So anyway, they all knew what I meant by a Zempic face and they all said yes and they all said we don't care. It's worth it. It's just, I mean, the world is, I mean, this is, it's the been quite, fucked. quite scary looking into this. Um, What's uh, next? Food, there was a chicken story. I mean, we could just tack on that. I mean, that's, I could write, there's a chicken story. There's a, there's a vote today about whether they're going to um, ban factory chicken farming. Barns the size of a football pitch with, I believe, 180,000 chickens in. So each one has, apparently, I'm told it's less, I'm holding up a piece of A4 paper, we all know what it is. That's the space that the chicken has to live in. Mm. Um, And it means you can get a chicken out there for, which is, there was a phrase in the paper that once killed, plucked, and wrapped in plastic can cost as little as £2.18. And you just think, killed, killed, plucked, and wrapped in plastic for £2.18. That it, we don't eat it. No. Um, uh, but, and you, but we accept, this is the, the, the brick wall you bang your head against. And I, if I make the argument, I know exactly what's coming back. Mm. We pay 12 quid at the bottom end for a chicken. Don't, you look at chickens that are, you know, poulet de breast and it's 27 quid. And you think, well, fuck, that's a lot of money. But for sort of, you can get organic free range, large-ish for 11 or 12 quid. And that's what you have to pay. We have it. We, we do it once a month. Yeah, but it's, I don't think we need to defend it. We do it. We make a meal. It makes a second meal in the form yeah. of a curry and it makes a stop. But, 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 so you're saying bourgeois middle class. If we do this, how are poor people going to think? And you go, yes. But at every point when... We tried to do something about the human food chain for reasons, the three big reasons for, for environmental, animal welfare or human health reasons. Mm. They go, oh, yeah, they're about poor people. And the poor people, to, to use an us and them thing, which is obviously it's a bit horrid, but I can't pretend to be poor, is that they are the one that is where the obesity is. That People who believe they should be eating fried chicken three times a day because they've been advertised to by big food for 40 years and told that that's what their diet ought to be. Mm. Uh, uh, and And... 
you, you are told you can't do it because of that. So you have this circle back where they have to be given chickens. No, they don't. Yeah. No, they don't have to be given chickens. Well, no, but, uh, but they don't because it's making them a fat, very fat and ultimately killing them. Yes, exactly. And no. killing the chickens. And Exactly. And But it's a problem because it begins to look like a tax and this, this sort of a thing. Yeah. We, you know, it's a billion chickens a year in mm. this country mm. that are eaten. It has become a problem, but it, it, it is also a problem with a solution. And we just eat round it and we eat less chicken and we eat less meat all round. And I, you know, we just... But so then we cook, it. and it's easy but for then, us. But yes, it's easy for me because c- cooking from scratch every day is massively time-consuming. Yeah. Time I've got, but I understand that other people don't. But if I lived a life that other people live, where they work all day long and they get home and they've got half an hour to put dinner on the table for everybody, I'd be fat. Hundred percent, I'd be fat. I would. The people's relationship with food is so mad. It's well, so I, w- mad. I would just. Uh, the problem is, I always come back to yes, of course, fucking ban it. Yeah. People will not starve. All that will happen is they'll eat something different. And you keep banning the things until what people are eating is a diet of 70% pulses and grains and legumes and 30% protein. And then what will happen is that people will just be thinner and healthier and live longer. The National Health Service will have less of a burden on it. It will be easier to fund. And every you know, happy day is broad sunlit uplands. Yeah. But no, you have to legislate people to gigantic fatness, animals into pain and hell, mm. and the land into, into irreparable damage. Um, What's next? Um, okay, um, mind reading tech. Who, yes. Who would want it? Like Twitter, but worse. Okay, so the story: uh, the dawn of mind reading machines brings fear for mental privacy, and this is what I really thought I could write a funny column about. Yeah. Clickbait would probably be national anthem, and I could probably just rail at the national anthem, and I think it would be good for clickbait. Um, but uh, you know about why why the national anthem should should be shit because we're a shit country. That would be the thing. But look, Tom Whipple uh-huh, uh, writes: um, Scientists have called for regulation to protect mental privacy after they showed it was possible to read people's thoughts using a brain scanner. Weirdly, they 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 scanned people who, while they were listening to podcasts uh, in order to find it, and they, Fuck, so that people me. listen to our podcast. They would just, their brains scanned, were scanned. You scanned my brain while I was listening to a podcast. You just see a shopping list. I mean, so just birds going. Dee, yeah, yeah, dee, just dee. birds shopping lists. You know, but it could look in any, and and apparently it was you know, I don't. Sometimes it got the gist well. For instance, when the AI heard the speaker say, "I don't have my driver's license yet," one of the participants had their thought, had their thought translated as, "She has not even started to learn to drive yet." So it can it can read your thoughts. There, the AI is coming that can read your thoughts and opinions now. What did you think about the column? How would you do that? I wasn't sure, but I know that you would do it well. Oh, I thought this would be useful because I don't even know what I think. <laughs> okay, so so I, what I thought was a this is quite useful for, for for old people, for example. If you have a watch, you know, you walk into and the senior moment, you walk into the room. Now, why did I come in here? Mm. And you look at your watch, and it, would tell and you. it goes, I can't find my glasses. <laughs> right, and so then, then then you know why you've come into the room. I think I, I I honestly think if I think for a lot of people, if there was any sort of mind reading going on, you would just get blah, 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 blah. you just get a load of like fuzz. You know, how can you possibly pick out? It doesn't work, right? It's not going to work. It's a joke. It could never happen in the world. I would think it'd be funny if I used it because I could. Well, remember. I don't know. I just think I just think AI is. Oh yes. Oh, to be funny. Yes. Okay. Yes, you could do that. How how could how could mind reading technology improve my life? You know, forget it. I'm not worried about I'm not worried about other people reading my mind because I don't care. You famously don't care if people know what you think. How could it improve my? It would actually be really. People are saying this is all really scary, but actually it would be really helpful. Actually... When I can't remember my pin number or my password. I would just use my mind reading. It's being able to Google yourself. 
Yeah, Google your own mind. Yeah, exactly. Google. You use me for that all the time. You just turn around and say, what was that name of that restaurant that I liked with the funny plates? And I go, blah, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's a good funny column. That you could be, you know, that, don't be scared of mind reading technology. This is how it can improve your life. Anything else or not? I did have the writer strike down, but I, I think that's possibly irrelevant. I wondered, but there was a story about the kids not being allowed phones in exams. And they're not allowed phones in exams, but kids really struggle. And they're saying it's post lockdown, kids are there, they say, it's always been in the papers, they're having, it's a real problem. Something like 30% of children got penalised for having their phone in it. You're not allowed to have a phone in an exam, whether it's, even if it's on plain mode, even if it's switched off, you're not allowed to have it. And just, the, you know, when we were in Tenerife, and just so bizarre, we talked about it last week, everyone was just holding onto their phone yeah. the whole time. Um, I, I was wondering, and, and also yesterday I was in this, oh, I was in Noodle and Snap, my favourite Chinese restaurant, and the, everyone in there, there these young Chinese students, and there were these get tables of six, everybody, everybody, and we know that A, young people, and B, people from Southeast Asia are kind of the future, you're looking at the future, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. all on their phone, none of them talked, none of them talked, and this is their break from yeah. learning, they've gone out for lunch, none of them, all of them sat there with chopsticks with one hand, all staring at their phone. They didn't yeah. look up. To them. They're all on their phone. Jeez, your whole life is on your phone. And I and this was this was impinging on my lunch, which I was having on my own and reading the paper. I was really this fucking phone thing. Everyone's getting. And I thought, yes, they quite right. Ban them from exams. Ban them from all sorts of other places. Phones. Yeah. yeah. Have phone-free zones, right? Like an eruv. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. where, where which where where they put you know in a, in a sort of Orthodox Jewish community, they put up a wire, and within it, there are certain rules. To future-proof yourself and your children is very, very simple. All you need to do is limit their screen intake and limit their ultra-processed food intake. And you will, compared to the rest of the world, who are very, very overweight so that they are making themselves ill, to, to that extent they're making themselves ill, and they are addicted to their phones, compared with them, you will be like a weird super race. Yeah. If, you're, if you've got a normal BMI and you're not a total screen addict, you will be basically Superman. You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And me, Esther Walker. To find out what I wrote about in the end, pick up a copy of the paper or treat yourselves to a digital subscription. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.